you know, should I take a partnership with someone? Is it actually gonna help me get the fulfillment rather than is it gonna help me get the success? Because success is such a, you know, external viewpoint of where a person is at in life. This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself spending four weeks with other high level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand this coming October and November 2017. It will be full of masterminds, workshops, advisors, like minded entrepreneurs and of course some fun adventure. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to apply at theentrepreneurhouse.com. On today's episode, we welcome Kristen Hiscock to our show. Kristen is a lifelong entrepreneur and author that joins us to talk to the entrepreneurs out there about finding fulfillment in their work. Too many times people create business models because they think they have to rather than asking themselves the important question of what they are doing really makes them fulfilled. This is the core of Kristen's message and how he helps entrepreneurs recreate success in their business and life. Kristen will share with us the questions you should be asking yourself from day one of creating your business. We will talk further on how to recognize if you are fulfilled or not fulfilled with your business. And he shares a story about how he partnered with his very first client at an income level so much higher than what most people told him he should be at. It's an incredible episode. Without further ado, let's welcome Kristen Hiscock to the show. Welcome, Kristen, to the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? I am wonderful. Thank you for asking. And you're calling in from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, right? I am, yes. Very nice. What is it? What's, tell us what's great about Calgary. You know what? Out of all the cities in Canada, I think it's fantastic just because there's actually a really good entrepreneurship vibe here. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think when they think about Calgary and Alberta that it's like just oil and gas, but there's actually a lot of different industries here, a lot of people that are kind of inspiring entrepreneurs, and so it's kind of fun to just be in the energy of it. I always think of that big rodeo that you guys have up there. Yeah, that's fair. And that's very true, <laughs> too. We have a very big rodeo, so people come from all over the world for that. So most people actually from Calgary leave during that time, though, because it's pretty hectic around here. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> they get out of town. Well, very cool. So we're excited to talk to you today. So thank you for coming on the show. And we want to dive into you and learn more about how you became the entrepreneur that you are today. So we'll give you the mic and and let you share your story. Awesome. Well, yeah, I think for myself, I actually started probably in the entrepreneurship journey when I was about 14 years old. My mom was invited and and was recruited into one of the uh, network marketing company. Um, and for, for myself as a young guy, 14, I was kind of pretty energetic. I would, I'd go to the, the different events that she'd have. And I just saw this kind of excitement and I'd listen to people from stage talk about there's opportunities and there's, you know, you don't have to just do the norm. And so for me, it kind of got me really excited about that possibility. It kind of put that in the back of my head that I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to control my time and my, my life and what I accomplish. So that was kind of like the beginning of it. And then, um, through that process of, you know, graduating high school, I, I started working at a private school. I was very blessed by a gentleman by the name of Gerald Fogel, was a principal at a school and just really saw vision in what could be possible for bringing in on a young guy. I was 17 when he uh, asked me to come become the athletic coordinator at the private school there wow. in a small town called Duncan on Vancouver Island mm-hmm. here in Canada. And yeah, I was 17, gives me a job that I was supposed to be an actual graduate from university from. And I just, it absolutely changed my life. And in that moment, I got to see working with different people. And it was, it was really kind of an entrepreneurship venture, even though it was a job, because when he hired me, he literally just said, your job here is to make kids want to be here. 
just do what you do. <laughs> so that was job. pretty, yeah, right. It was pretty fun. And I remember it as, as a side note, people would always joke about when you, oh, when you're done high school, you know, real life's going to hit you when you got to get a job. Well, <laughs> my first job was an athletic coordinator coaching basketball and I didn't start till 12 o'clock the first year. So <laughs> it was pretty a dream. But, um, and then after that, I actually kind of left the, um, left that job because I, I wanted to make more money and it was one, probably one of the, a mistake that I made because I left something I love to try to just chase money and I got into an irrigation job and um, was working in that and just didn't really enjoy it but happened to come across finance and mm-hmm. so um, I got introduced to a financial services company and have been now in finance for 10 years. Um, a lot of it was kneecap, kneecap, personal finance, um, working with that. And about two years ago, I kind of really got, or three years ago, I guess, kind of really got more involved with business development and kind of the online world that you're, you guys are very much heavily involved with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of just opened up my eyes again to this whole possibility of, wow, there's a big world out there. There's so much opportunities. And kind of for the last three years, I've been, you know, jotting down many different ventures. It's kind of a long-winded answer to how I kind of started and where I am now, but... Christian, I'm curious, have you noticed that, you know, you said you came into the entrepreneurial world and also when you started seeing your mom in Amway, seeing all the possibilities and opportunities and seeing how it's a big world out there and there's a lot of things to offer. Have you noticed as you've grown, um, the more you dive into being an entrepreneur and seeing different things that there's always another level of like a big world or more opportunities that you can go towards? Oh, totally. I love, that's a great question because what I find is um, for myself, it's like I, when I was younger, I had this massive vision of what I can create. And then you go through life and I had some, you know, the circumstance, like for example, working in that irrigation um, company, I was like, wasn't really happy. And also my vision kind of shrunk, right? It became smaller. Mm. I go, maybe it's not as possible out there. Um, and then as you start, I got into the finance again, it kind of re-sparked it because I saw the opportunities and it was became grand, you know, grandiose again. Um, and so for now, it's like, I really kind of try to tell people that, Really, we got to get out of our own heads when it comes to what's possible because I have, you know, the things that I've accomplished even in the last six months were what people maybe would take, you know, a decade to try to do. And it's not because I'm so special, but it's just because I realized that there is so much big opportunities out there. And just because I can't see how to get it done doesn't mean it's not possible. And if you surround yourself with the right type of people and you allow those things to um, happen, you're able to just become, get, see the things bigger and bigger. So you go from, as a coach, for example, you're a coach listening to this and it's like you start off and you're you're going to sell yourself at 50 bucks an hour or even give yourself for free for the first several because you're unconfident in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then throughout, you know, your lifespan of being a coach, eventually you start working so that you're, you know, you're 500 bucks an hour and maybe a thousand bucks an hour. And then maybe you start selling $25,000 masterminds. And so there's this progression that, you know, we feel that we're supposed to or have to go through. Mm-hmm. And so as a, you know, for me, and when I first got into this idea of like coaching and mentoring and learning about how you can do that, because of the people I was surrounded with at that time, my first thing I, at coaching deal or contract, it wasn't really necessarily coaching, it was a partnership thing that came about. I actually sold to someone, never coached someone before, before that really, like on a professional level. And it was 25,000 and 35% of their business. Wow. Wow. So, right. <laughs> nice. And, so for the and what that made that so possible was that I didn't believe that it, I didn't know that it was it wasn't possible because the people around me at the time were high level coaches they were doing crazy things and they're delivering massive results and that's where I that's where I started right so all that proves is that it has nothing to do with selling something for fifty bucks an hour because I was at that spot that typically people would say well it should be fifty bucks an hour yeah. I skipped right past that and took that quantum leap because of allowing myself to not be limited to what I think is possible. 
Could you share with us the process of enrolling that person into your coaching at that level and also enrolling that person into, what did you say, 30% of the business? 35%, yeah. 35%. Can you take us through that story? Yeah. So basically kind of what, what it looked like at that time um, is it's all about the results, I think. You know, I, I was recently on a on a call with someone, and they're like, you know, they wanted, well, prove your like, prove it, like to uh, to me, like kind of like, you know, as if they want this massive long resume, and I just strictly said it like I long ago stopped proving things to people and just make take action, like let's make results. Mm-hmm. And so for this person that we're chatting with, it was like, we we you know, you discover what is it that you're wanting to accomplish, where you want to go in your business, what do you want to do for your life. This lady was a brilliant lady that really wanted to give back to the you know elderly community, and she had all these like good like heart centered things that really she wanted to do, and she needed to be able to understand how to systemize and monetize her business in a better way to be able to accomplish a way bigger goal than just her you know what she had in her world at that moment. So in that, it was really one coffee um, thing. We sat at a Starbucks, and we just I discovered that I asked her, "What is it you want to do? What do you want to accomplish?" And by the end of it, it was very clear that she's not going to be able to do it on her own. And she knew that she's not going to be able to do it on her own. And I knew that this, the, you know, the backing and the skill sets that I had and the people, resources that I had access to could take her to that point a lot faster than she would ever think possible. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it was more about, you know, yeah, it's 25000 And yes, it's 35% of your business, but it's, you're actually going to get results way beyond what you would ever get by yourself. Right. So that whole like saying like, you know, 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing, it rings very true in the sense of, you know, she owns now 65% of a business that's going to be, you know, 10 times what she would ever have had it on her own. I completely agree. Have you ever watched Shark Tank? Um, I, yeah, of course. Yeah, Shark Tank and <laughs> Dragon's Dan up here in Canada, yeah. I, I'm amazed at some of the entrepreneurs that go on there sometimes, and they're offered deals above, say, the, the shark wants 50% or, or 30%, and they were thinking 15%. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, this entrepreneur is a, a small business owner, and maybe they've been in the game one, two, three years, maybe, and they have this shark that's willing to be partners with them at a higher at a higher percentage than what they imagine. But I'm amazed at how, how many people say no, like they, that they just don't see the value of teaming up with somebody like that to where they can yeah. really take their business. Totally. Can I, give, can I tell you why I think that is? Please do. I think when, we, when we're talking about business and especially business development or working with people in regards, it's always functioned around this thing called, you know, create, became, becoming successful. And it's also structured around what we know is possible and what we're wanting to, what we're trying to do in our business. So, in a business sense, to you know, be successful, we have a set mentality of what we think we can do. So, if I have um, a cleaning business, I think that it's going to be able to, you know, at its prime, it could do a hundred thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. say, and that'd be a really good, you know, cleaning business for a sing- uh, for one person. And so, if I come into a situation and they say, "Well, you know, give me fifty percent of your business, and I'm going to help you get there." I'm going to get you build a business that's successful. If I only think that my business can get to $100,000 a year, well, 50% seems like I'm giving up half of what I what my potential is. Right. Whereas what they what people can't and really hard for us to grasp and I think it's just human nature thing is to step outside, transcend outside of our own mind, our own processes, our own thinking of what's possible to think, okay, is it possible for that to be a, a million dollar business? Right. Because then giving 50% up of it doesn't matter anymore because now I'm making, I'm making you know, five times what I thought I would make even though I was giving up 50%. So people get stuck not thinking about what is it that I, you know, what is the possibility? 
that's one part of it that's kind of tactical. And even deeper than that, I think most people don't know what they're, why they're even doing what they're doing it for. True. So any one of my conversations, and I know even before when we were talking, I was saying it's like, when we have conversations with people, we need to ask them and find them find out what is what's going to give them fulfillment. Like what is it going to what is going to make them happy at the end of the day? And that is where people need to really dive deep into to understand that because then it helps you make the decisions on, you know, should I take a partnership with someone? Is it actually going to help me get the fulfillment rather than is it going to help me get the success? Because success is such a, you know, external viewpoint of where a person is at in life. What are some, I think that's a lot of what happens on there. I agree. What are some tips, Kristen, that you would recommend? Because I know there's a lot of, you know, five-figure entrepreneurs that really want to hit that six-figure level, a lot of six-figure guys and girls that want to hit that seven-figure level and on and on and on, right? So, you know, it's kind of the idea of the, the idea of a financial thermometer or money thermometer. Um, no, I haven't heard that specific wording. So it's from... What's the concept behind it? It's from T. Harv Eker. And everybody has a money thermometer that was created in their mind, in their subconscious mind during their childhood. And so say you just believe that like you have to work really hard to hit that six figure level. You'll just subconsciously create that reality, right? Other people think, you know, you have to work really easy to hit that seven figure level and they do it. And so everybody has that number that's in their mind that they have to figure out. So kind of the same along the lines of what you were saying, the, the people that go on a shark tank, they have this limiting belief that's stopping them from hitting the next level. So what are some ways that they can change their mindset or some ways they can get to the next level or even realize that they're they're stuck at a level and how they can then catapult themselves to the next level. Yeah, I, I love that. I think there's obviously that's a deep question. There's lots of different um, parts of it, but I think kind of to tactical uh, tackle it kind of clearly is one is about going back to like if I'm a five figure, six figure, and I want to progress. First of all, why am I that? Why do I want to progress? Mm-hmm. So. If I have a six-figure business, why do I want to have a seven-figure business? And is it because that's what we're supposed to do in business? Or is that because it's going to actually give me the lifestyle or the ability or the reach to accomplish what's more deep-rooted is what's going to make me fulfilled and you know be able to contribute? Mm-hmm. Because I think if people are doing it for money, then you, it gives you opportunities for your money blocks to actually stop you. Then we all have them, right? Even the seven-figure person has a money block of not making an eight-figure, a nine-figure business. Right. So if it, if it starts becoming something beyond just making more money – then you can start, then opportunities can start coming in to help you actually accomplish what you're wanting to be able to do. Like for example, myself, it's like if I had money goals for myself, sure, I might accomplish it, but also I was raised in a, you know, we didn't have that much money when I was growing up and, you know, my relationship with the idea of what money is wasn't necessarily that great. So I would always be so limited by that. I would never be able to sell that $25,000 program and 35% of the business based on my actual thermometer per se, mm-hmm. because I would just don't have that good of a relationship with it that in that sense. But for her and that conversation, it was way more about how we could serve and support people and change lives. So then when I said it, it was like, I just knew what it was going to take for me to help her get there. So I think that's one thing is maybe just not maybe think about the money and get deeper into what is why you're even doing it or in the first place. But then secondary from, you know, directly answering that question is looking at um, surrounding yourselves with other people that are going to allow you to start believing that you don't know the answers. Mm. because that's the thing we think we know things and we do know things but what we know is giving us exactly what we have right now and so if we want to have other things we have to really 
tell ourselves we don't know anything when it comes to getting to where we want to go. And I think it's hard for people, right? We, we live in a society that's, you know, and especially, you know, you know, the North American culture where, you know, we're, we're really prideful. We're spo- we think we're supposed to know everything. Yeah. We really have a hard time saying that we don't know, right? That's why, you know, you ask someone, a salesperson, they just like lie to you about something because they just <laughs> feel uncomfortable not knowing the answer. Whereas I say, is like, how about just be happy and know that it's actually okay to not know the answer and that you're just going to, you're going to get the answer by surrounding yourself with people that are going to know the answer clearly rather than struggling with it. That, that kind of makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And diving into that vulnerability or authenticity that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, totally. Because it's like, uh, in an example of that, I have, I just was at the, in San Diego and there was traffic and conversion and um, Brendan Burchard was doing his event. And so I was there with my, my buddy, good buddy, Mike Wolf, and we were hanging out meeting a bunch of people. And I met, I was meeting with this one guy, David, phenomenal guy out of San Francisco. Um, and he's very successful. He's, he's opened up tons of restaurants, you know, big hotels and casinos, hire him and can contract him to, you know, go into their places and help them expand and grow. Um, he's, you know, owned several successful businesses like this guy, if any one of us meet him, you're like, man, you're, you're, you're awesome. You're a stud. Like you're, you're doing so great. And one of the things that really gives his fulfillment is he is running a thing called happypreneur. And so he wants to gather entrepreneurs and you know really show them about how to be happy and fulfilled. And he uses the word happy compared to me using fulfilled. But he's like, that's his world. He's really kind of getting to that market. And he was he was telling me about how his struggle. He has an event. He has some like literally some world class people coming to speaking at this event in San Diego. And he was saying, it's like, oh, I'm just having a hard time filling this event. And I'm just like, it's like I just feel stressed about it. And I'm like. I'm I'm in ClickFunnels trying to learn how to market better and do Facebook marketing and and all this stuff. And I just looked at him. I'm like, David, what is it that you want to do? Like, what is your what? And he's like, I want to have entrepreneurs know that it's about being happy and being fulfilled. And I just want them to be surrounded with people so that they can all accomplish that. So we're not stressed out and tired. And I'm like, I'm like, so right now, what are you? And he was stressed out and he was tired and <laughs> bored about doing that. And the only reason he was is because he was thinking tactically of how he was going to do something mm-hmm. and he didn't know the answer. And I said, David, you don't know how to market. You're not a, you know, a click funnels person. You're not all those things. Why do you think you need to do that? And so he's trying to learn a whole new process to try to fill an event. And I'm like, if you, if you tell me what your heart is, what you just did, I can put people in your room. Oh, I can fill a room. I do it all the time. I run events and we're not locally here abroad and I can put 50, 80 people in a room and, you know, give me four days. Mm-hmm. And so that's the skills that I have It's the connections that are there. And I'm like, so for what you do is if you are going out there and sharing your passion and what you're wanting to accomplish and wh- why you're wanting to accomplish it, people like me and other people that I want to support you are just going to come and take care of all of those uh, tactical things that you don't know, you don't understand, and you don't know how to get accomplished. You don't need to learn them. And he just it totally, he's like, man, he's like, that's awesome. And now he had a successful event, just shifted all that stuff. And he could just be in his what? Be happy doing what he actually wants to do. Great point. Now, I have a question for you, Kristen. Say somebody's building a seven-figure business. And, you know, say they have a five-year plan to build this seven-figure business. What do you say to somebody that's halfway through that? And now they realize that they're doing it for the wrong reasons. And all of a sudden, they're unhappy and they're unfulfilled with the business they thought that was going to fulfill them and make all their dreams come true. So, so what do you say to that person that's been working so hard, say for three years, and they're, maybe the business is doing really well, but they've just lost the enthusiasm and the spark because they realize it's, it's not for them? 
Yeah, I love it. That's a great question because a lot of people get into that predicament, right? And mm-hmm. they, um, it's a struggle and it's kind of crazy. It's actually that's probably more of the struggle than the people actually not getting to that point, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> um, what I would say, one, I think it's gonna each circumstance is gonna be a little bit different, but to the root of it, they gotta stop doing what they're doing. So there's two ways of doing it. Either if it makes sense, it's just just walk away, right, and go and actually do what's gonna give you fulfillment. And can give you happy because that's actually what's going to create that positive ripple into the onto, into the world is actually you living that life, and just to finish the next couple years to get to a goal because you said you're going to do it and all that kind of stuff is all pride. It's all us not wanting to feel like we failed at something, but you didn't fail if it wasn't what you're supposed to do. But saying that, if it's a good business and it's established and there's things, well, you don't have to. You just have to learn to systemize it take it out of you know get other people to come into your business that know how to systemate systemize automate and develop it so that it could be paying you maybe passive income you can partner with other people to go in there and run it for you and then you can kind of leave that with you know security still because you got money coming in and a growth plan for it and now you're able to go on and do that new thing because i feel like a lot of people they just instantly just shut it down because they're overwhelmed Mm -hmm. whereas rather than like putting in the systems and I'll give you an example because it's what you just described literally just happened. I was meeting with a young guy. He is 20 years old. Get this. Seven-figure business already and it was eight months in. Wow. (laughs) Unbelievable. Right, Chris? Like it's crazy. So, and he, but he, he would just, as I meet him, he's shutting down his business. He's done. So frustrated. He's so tired. He's so like this. It's nothing that he expected. He was wanting to build a very successful financial business and he was and he was doing it, but he wasn't happy. So he shut it all down. And so that was his, you know, that's what he thought he would need to do because he didn't know how to answer. And I said, I was just looked at the guy. I'm like, do you know what? And we, we, we're going to salvage it. We're going to be working on some of the things. But I'm like, if you talk to me and one of my partners, Arthur, who's you know a really system a systems oriented guy in logistics, because uh, this was like an, they actually sold things, mm-hmm. in literally in one day sit down, and probably about a week or two of implementation, we can one hundred percent fully automate your business. Like literally, you would not have to do one thing, <laughs> make pick up one phone call, because it's such a, it's an easy process, and we've done it before. So for that, it was just he thought because it was, he was in his how. He, doesn't, he didn't know how to do that, so he just thought, shut it all down. Rather than opening up his mind to realize, okay, I'm frustrated with this business. It's not really where I want to go. I realize I need to be doing something different. How can I make this operate without me? That wasn't his question because he thought, I can't operate without me because I've been doing this and this is how it's done. So he shut it down rather than opening up our mind. So for that person that's listening to this, I'd say open up your mind to say, I know I need to get out of this. I don't want to do it for the next two years or my rest of my life. How do I get it to a place that I don't have to do it, but yet I can still not, you know, throw away all my work that I've just done the last, you know, three years in the example that you said. That's beautiful. I love it. Tell us, you got a new book coming out called Vision Into Action, right? That's correct. Yeah. Tell tell us about it. Yeah. So I kind of, um, it was actually titled, I started an organization called Game Changers, um, and it was a group here in Calgary that started with actually me and my girlfriend, uh, now she wasn't my girlfriend when we started it. And it was basically, we kind of sat at a point I had moved to Calgary uh, about five years ago. So at that point it was about two years I was in, um, Calgary and I had moved from Vancouver Island and on Vancouver Island, I was, I was in a, a good group of people, guys, we got together every single week and we discussed our lives and what we want to accomplish and what we want to do. And there's our families, our lives, our businesses. And in that year, when I look back on it, one of the two of the guys in that group uh, bought one of the biggest commercial buildings in our small town, which is was pretty awesome. 
Um, another one, you know, they got, people were getting married and having successful relationships. A group of us were buying a Boston pizza um, in in our town as well. So it was like this, all this cool stuff kind of happened. Mm-hmm. And then because of life circumstances, I had moved left and moved here to uh, Calgary. And so that was two years in and I'm sitting here with uh, Jordan, who was my girlfriend, and we were saying like, what do, what, what do we want to do? She wanted to get into the finance industry and I was going to help her do that. And then I said, like, what's gonna, what makes it successful? Like, what makes a person successful? Because we want to make sure that if she's going to start a business, she's got to be successful. And I said, you know what? The best, most successful times in my life was when I was surrounded with like-minded people. Yeah. And, and I just reflected back on two years previous and saying, wow, like, holy, I just didn't really realize how much we accomplished in such a short period of time. And so we said, how are we going to do that? We need to surround ourselves with like-minded, positive people. So through a bunch of series of different things we thought of, we decided we're going to start an event, a group. And we started a thing called Game Changers, started doing meetings here and had people come out um, every single week. The, at the beginning, growing pains, you know, some people wouldn't show up. People that we thought would always be there never came. But eventually we got to that, like, we'd have 30, 40 people coming out weekly. We'd do big events of, you know, over 80 people. And it was just became that came of thought um, that we came to go to for kind of, you know, positivity and like-minded people in this, in our town. And then I sat and I was thinking about that point. It's like, what is it that helps people actually get to action, accomplish some amazing things that we've accomplished? And I kind of thought of it as it was really vision into action. It was creating a vision and understanding what you wanted to do. And then being able to understand that you need to be vulnerable enough. So the into part was vulnerable enough to one, accept that as your vision. And then also be able to be confident enough to share it with other people openly and powerfully. And then the last thing was action. Then you got to take action. And so we got to make those things accomplished. And it was called Vision into Action, a guide to success is kind of what what, this whole process we taught in our meetings every single week. And then we decided, oh, I got to start writing a book on it. And when I started to write this uh, book, I partnered with a lady um, out of Belgium. Uh, She actually, she hired her. She moved here um, in September. She just graduated from one of the top universities from research and statistics and psychology. And so I wanted to partner with her to kind of do more research in, the, in what we're doing. And I was reading through my notes at that point when we were kind of discussing it. And I, I looked at this thing said success, a guide to success. And I said, wow, do I, like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like success. <laughs> and I reflected on why I said that. Because I, I had an article that I wrote that was going to be the beginning of this. And it was, I talked about my mom. And I talked about this, define, this moment um, in my life when my, when my mom got sick several years ago. And at 61, she passed away of cancer. And I was, it was obviously devastating to our family. And I'm, I'm sitting there in her funeral or celebration of life. And I'm watching all these people get up on stage. And they're sharing these immense amounts of things that my mom has done in their lives to help, you know, empower them and make them feel special and make them feel great. And then I all, and then like just feel awesome. And I was just like, God, there's something in there. There's some she, she, I don't know if my mom ever realized how much, how much value she had, how much worth she had to people. Like I knew she knew she was doing good things, but like, did she know that, you know, how big it was? Mm-hmm. And I would always remember telling myself in this article I wrote, I wrote in there that my mom wasn't successful um, because she didn't, because she didn't know that thing and she didn't get the, build, build the business that I thought she should build and all these explanations. And I realized that that word success was based on my preconceived ideas and of what that meant for her. Mm. And it kind of, in that moment, it kind of shattered and kind of shook me to say, you know what, 
my mom was maybe not successful from my eyes of like business and all those things, but none of that stuff mattered to her. And she, but what she was was fulfilled. Mm. And because she raised, you know, raised the kids the way she wanted to do it, she was loved by so many people. And so the, so the premise of what we're doing with writing with this book is looking at, okay, not only do we need to have a vision for our lives of what we're wanting to accomplish and who we're wanting to serve, not only do we need to be able to be, you know, dead fast in it and know that we're going to accept that as truth and then share it with the world, but then we also got to be able, willing to take the right action so that we can get to fulfillment, so that we can be able to stand up in our lives and realize, hey, I'm happy with what I'm doing, I'm excited, I'm moving forward. And so the book's gonna walk people through the, every single, all the steps when it comes to living that kind of life and taking quantum leaps towards becoming fulfilled. I so like That's kind of like a long-winded answer to your thing, but that's I kind of great. That, that was great, that was great. Where can we find a book? So we're about to launch, I'm actually just about to launch it um, early this year. So in the next three months, we're just go, uh, with our editors and publishers to be able to go through. Okay. So the best way to probably be able to connect and keep in touch is my, my website, just for my own personal website, is kristenhiscock.com. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll spell it out because it's probably hard. It's C-H-R-I-S-T-A-N-H-I-S-C-O-C-K.com. Because it's not Christian, it's Kristen. Kristen, yes. <laughs> we'll put the yeah. links in the show notes so everybody can link to it. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before we sign off? You know what? I think at, in kind of closing, and I just want to say thank you very much, Chris, for having the opportunity for me to be able to come out and share with your group. Um, at the end of the day, my whole premise and what I want to accomplish is that people to realize that success is meaningless without fulfillment. So focus on what matters. Stop structuring your life based on this thing called success that is so based on the external viewpoints of what you should be doing and how you should be doing it and get very clear on what makes you happy and makes you fulfilled so that you can live that life. Because I'm telling you, that's the least selfish thing you could possibly do is be live a fulfilled life because you create those ripples into the world and it inspires other people to do it and stop just doing things because they think they're supposed to. So that would be the kind of the one thing that I'd love to part with. Amazing words of wisdom. Kristen, I have to give you a huge thank you, my friend, for coming on the show. Thank you very much. And listeners, we are going to sign off there. Thank you guys for tuning in once again and see you guys on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for attendees, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is four weeks from October 26th to November 24th and held for six and seven figure entrepreneurs only. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, co-working, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. This event will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.